Yo, Ryan Hartley here from Voice Betting Yesterday. Welcome to the first episode of 2023. If this is the first time that you've pushed play on this podcast, thank you for taking the time out of your day. I'm going to use a little bit of time today just to let you know who I am, what we're all about here at Always Better Than Yesterday. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you for choosing this podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend your precious time um, here with me, uh, with us, with our community all around the world. Um, and I, as always, hope that our time spent together leaves you a little bit better than you were yesterday in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, in your leadership, in your parenting, whatever that might be. And just to, to take a, a, an opportunity, really, just to remind us all what we're all about and, and, and kind of how this podcast came to be. Um, I grew up in the southwest of England, a single parent family. Um, relatively good childhood, I'd say. Um, a curious human being, always wanted to know why people did what they did. You know, just fascinated with this topic of psychology, and and would, would do that at school and study. And, and and I guess I turned that interest specifically to why naughty people do naughty things. So I was watching all the um, crime documentaries like Wire in the Blood and and all good stuff like that. I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. So off I went to academia, went to university and studied psychology. Uh, left university at the age of 21. Uh, my, my now wife and I had been together, I think, six years at that point. We've been together since 15. We met at school and uh, she was very much ready to move out um, and, and get a, a place. Um, so we, we got a flat and um the instruction was get a job <laughs> just get a job you know i couldn't spend my life in academia um studying to become a criminal psychologist criminal profiler instead i went into the world of policing and, and i started a, a role in the emergency call center so i would take 999 calls and i would uh, dispatch officers on the radio incredible job nothing quite like it being there for people and communities in their time of need, it it really was a, uh, for a 21-year-old dealing with some of the things that I dealt with, uh, there was no, there was no uh, other choice but to grow up very quickly. And I guess I'd already done that, you know, growing up single-parent family, being around adults all the time. I guess I was probably a bit ahead of my time anyway. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed that early three years in the police. I, I applied to be a police officer. I was due to start in 2000 and 2009, I think. Um, and my intake was the first one cancelled under the spending review. So obviously the world went to, to ruins with the financial crash back in 2008, 2009. And that meant that policing couldn't afford to recruit me. So I spent, you know, another couple of years in the control room, um, you know, I had a good job. It was shift work was a it was a bit of a killer, but um, I enjoyed my job. Generally, I enjoyed what I was doing. Um, and in 2011, they were ready to recruit police officers again. And because my assessment centre had expired, I had to um, re-interview. And I had a really bad day interview, and I failed. Somehow, for some reason, I was deemed to not be ready to be a police officer. <laughs> Having already spent two additional years getting better at, at my uh, life experience, job, policing, etc. So uh, yeah, I guess I got to a point, what was I, 24 at this point? And something strange happens in policing. You you kind of, you just expect to get on this um, conveyor belt of 30 years in policing. You, you, you join as a police officer, you do 30 years, and then you're set for retirement. 
Um, I thought I'd be retiring at 55, having had a career in the police. And I guess, <laughs> quarter life crisis, call it what you want. Uh, I had a bit of a crisis of meaning, a purpose crisis at the time. And I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. Sounds a bit dramatic, but everything feels kind of uh, permanent at that at that point. And um, here's the wonderful thing. Within... Um, Within six months, I had moved jobs into a, a job that was, you know, more enjoyable, better, sh- you know, around shifts and uh, more flexibility. It means I actually got to see Lisa, every, you know, evenings and weekends. Uh, we got married and um, we were expecting Corey um, all within six months of having moved. And I guess that period of time has really helped me start to take a bit of life's perspective that when it feels like the door's being shut, in reality, it's it's actually closing a door that was never meant for me, never meant for you, never meant for anyone that wasn't, you know, I, I it's, it's taken me a long time to really surrender to the power of the universe and God and, and understand that that's all working for me. But I absolutely look back at that time now and go, that was the best thing that never happened to me. Absolutely, because it sent me on a path where I should have been. And as I progressed in this other role, um, I got a couple of more promotions pretty quickly, pretty good at what I was doing, making a, a lot of difference, impact, uh, innovating, showing my uh, ability to influence and lead. And um, yeah, along with it came, you know, this uh, wonderful thing called leadership and management. And I guess the gift I was given was um, to be a, um, what should you say? I I became a parent and a leader at the same time. And and I think those two things are crucial next to each other because I started to see leadership as something different from what I was seeing with my eyes. In policing, leadership was all about rank and hierarchy and position. And, um, you know, this this leadership I was seeing in the home about getting up at doing the 3 a.m. night feed, um, sacrificing my time and my energy through love for this little one, wanting to help nurture them and help them grow and create safety and I was going to work and I was having conversations with people where I felt like I I could make a difference to their day whilst they were with me send them home better for the um for the people who needed them at home um I you know I had many single mums uh, working in the team and they would be incredibly committed to to the job but you know working long hours go home frazzled tea wouldn't be ready the kid and I just I just intuitively knew that I had an opportunity to make a difference to them, not only while they were with me, but who I sent them home for. So I started to see leadership as not necessarily my position, but how I showed up, how I behaved, how I loved people in the workplace. You know, I've never shied away from, you know, calling my teams like family. Uh, and and I, I, it takes a, a bit of criticism from from some areas of particularly LinkedIn because they'll say that business isn't family. And But I, I truly believe that when you start to see people like that and you start to take responsibility for people whilst they are in your care, you start to move. You start to do things to help nurture them, their growth. You, you support them. You protect them. But here's what I also know about my family is I challenge them every single day. When I know my kids can be better and do better, hold them to higher standards, myself and my wife included, then love does that. Love moves, love is tough, and it both supports and challenges in, in equal measures. And I, I've always brought that sense to my my teams. And I've always, 
I've always been passionate about why and purpose. And, you know, on my leadership development journey, I came across the work of Simon Sinek. And if you've not watched the YouTube video yet, go and see his TED Talk. It's all about starting with why, how great leaders will start with why. And, you know, I guess that encouraged me to start considering what my own why was. And, you know, in the early days when I started doing that, I, there were some connections between all of it, which was just leaving things better. You know, I was in an analytical kind of organizational development role. My uh, earlier roles in the emergency control room was all about trying to make things better out of a shit situation. Um, my parenting was all about trying to create uh, a better environment for my kids than, than what I might have had. So there was just something about helping leave things better that was always front and center of why I did what I did. And then I trained to become a coach. As part of my leadership development journey, I trained to become a coach and absolutely fell in love with this idea of helping people be better. And in the early days, because I was a psychologist, um, it was about mindset coaching, growth mindset. Um, but I was also working with this sense of purpose and values. And I really came to believe that purpose and values, they were deeper than the intellect, deeper than this sense of mindset. Um, and I started to talk about leading with love, to really start to love and to care on your people. And it's around about that time when I started to have this you know, reveals to me that values and purpose, they're deeper than thinking because, you know, I've gone on to interview a wonderful lady called Deborah Rosman from the HeartMath Institute. She said, doesn't you find it funny that we don't say I love you with all of my mind? And, and that for me captures it in one sentence, that when we work with love and heart um, at the core of who we are and how we show up and, and our values, that's deeper than intellect. That's deeper than I think I should do. Because if it was intellect, we would surely we would live it all of the time, right? How there, there would be no such thing as divorce because we would just intellectually say, "Well, I love you," and 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 things are fixed, right? And and the same thing with you know organizations and the values on the wall. They'd just be lived, right? If they were a product of intellect, we would just live them. But they're not. There's something deeper and. And I've really started to codify that in in, in our, um, what I would call heart-centered leadership model. Head to our website, abty.co.uk, abty.co.uk. And you can see on the front page, you can see this heart-centered model. Um, and and at the, in the middle of the core of it, it starts with heart, starts with heart set. And then we come a, a ring further, which is mindset, a ring further still, which is skill set. And then a ring further on the outside is our community. And this is our kind of heart set model, our heart centered leadership model. And, you know, I'd love to take full credit for it. But um, somewhere along the way, I became a man of faith. Don't know how. I do know how. Um, but it's not, never something I thought I would say, be, do. Um, and yet here I am. Man full of faith, devoted um, to loving um, people as a way of allowing people to to know um, where my faith comes from. And yeah, just uh, I, I've got it on my um, on my whiteboard behind me, just the irony of this model that I'd drawn. Um, and then I, and then I start to read the Bible to deepen my faith and, and, I, and I read in the Gospel of Mark that uh, Jesus says to his disciples that uh, we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, uh, all our soul and all our strength and to go love our neighbor, which is exactly the model, heart, mind, skill, community. So, hey, 
I know that there's a deeper rooting to this heart-centered leadership model. And, you know, the the world works from the outside in. People get trapped and defined by the roles that they do, the things that they doing in the world, the jobs that they have, the relationship status they have, the the body, the image, the finances. So often the world works from the outside in and that becomes the definition and the entrapment of people. When we work from the heart-centered leadership model, we work from the inside out and that simply then becomes um, an expression of who we truly are. It calls for authenticity, it calls for integrity, which is simply the alignment between what we say and what we do is absolutely what we think and what we believe. So what I do here, always better than yesterday now, is, is I help leaders connect with their heart set, which is this real clear sense of who they are, what they stand for, what they care about, why they want to be a leader to begin with, because I define leadership as the act of putting our own needs to one side to serve others. And I think if you remove the service, you're going to remove leadership. Um, and I don't think we get the leaders that we deserve because they haven't signed up for that model of leadership. They haven't, they've signed up for the rank and the position and the status and all the privileges that come with the position. And yet they've not tethered themselves to something deeper, which is going to get them to be willing to serve and willing to sacrifice should the situation need it. That's where heart comes in. Leaders who have heart have a reason and a motive and a sense of integrity in their being to show up and do what is difficult to love people anyway, to be able to put the focus on others. And, you know, that's a bit of a paradox because, you know, it, it becomes increasingly harder to do that if we don't have all that we need. So the type of heart center leader I help is, is one to come to the world with a heart set of, of feeling like they have all that they need, reminding them themselves that they have all that they need in a world that leads to their lack, that makes them feel inadequate without uh, being or without doing or having more maybe the greatest act of defiance we can show is to show the world that we have all that we need and that actually then we can come to the world using what we have to serve others. I want to change this idea of what success means. I want to change this idea of success being of this world and instead being something internal, something very intimate and personal, which is about that feeling of being someone that we love that doing more of what we love in the world, that bringing that heart work to the world and doing that with people that we love. You know, I've often said about, you know, the mind, people have wonderful minds and it's not heart-centered isn't heart only. It's, it's a wonderful balance of heart and mind and body and soul and spirit because the mind can achieve great things, but unless it's connected to our heart, we run the risk of that penguins of Madagascar moment. We look around and we get trapped. We look around and go, well, this sucks. The other elements of our heart framework, this deeper sense of heart is, you know, you've picked up on two of my words, heart set, which is about who we are, leading from our character, our purpose and our values and our heart work is about using our gifts and our skills and our talents, not for us. Yes, they feel wonderful whilst we use them, but we use them to serve others. And I know that when you come to leading a team from your heart, you'll raise that heartbeat of your team. You'll create a heart-centered team and, and culture full of like-hearted humans who share your values. 
another part of our heart framework is all about the environments that we create in which people grow. These are our greenhouses. This is one of our greenhouse, this podcast here, as are the communities we create, um, our Facebook community, our social media presence, um, the coaching environment I create, our master heart and mind, um, and our, our regular meetups. These are all environments that we, through Always Better Than Yesterday, create that people will grow. And as Bob Goff says, people grow where they are loved. And we, we just want to create an environment where people feel safe, there's belonging, there's connection, they feel loved. And here's the thing, being better than yesterday is not the requirement. Being better than yesterday is simply the result of love. And ultimately, when we come to the world more like love, when we do more of what we love, when we serve others in love, we will leave a heartprint. And heartprint is this idea that we will leave a legacy where those around us are left better than yesterday, that every interaction that we have will leave a trace. It comes from my time at the police with the Lockhart's exchange principle. We used to teach that to our detectives to help them think, and, uh, and police officers, to help them think about this idea that when the offender goes to the scene, he or she will leave a trace of themselves. Every contact leaves a trace. So it gets them to focus and think about where might that evidence be. And the reality is that we should be teaching our leaders that too, that every contact leaves a trace. And as a heart-centered leader, every contact that leaves a trace creates a little ripple effect, this one degree of difference where new things become possible. That's what heartprint is. Heartprint isn't, yes, it can be in the small moments and it can be in the person in front, but the reality, the heartprint of everything that I help people do isn't necessarily with you and my clients. It's everybody who experiences you as a result of that one degree or that 1% of improvement. If you go out and do something different as a result of listening to this podcast and all of those things that now become possible for those that you interact with, that's our heartprint. And your heartprint is all of the possibility that you create for yourself, your family, and for others. So thank you for being here at the start of 2022, 2023. <laughs> uh, it reminds me back in primary school where you end up writing the wrong date at the start of your textbook. I wonder if they still do that or whether they're just all on digital. But if you're new to the podcast, you know what? You're going you're gonna to hear some shorter episodes, four to five minutes long, um, every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's my opportunity to share some insights from my heart, from my mind. Um, and I hope that they, I think the greatest thing I can do for you is expand your perspective to create expansion in your heart and your mind. Ultimately, you're going to have to be the one that goes out and implements something. That's all I'll say is just do something as a result of what you hear me talk about. May it inspire you. May it serve you well. Um, and I think that's the greatest gift that you can give yourself is just to try something. Uh, if it works, great. Keep doing it. And if it doesn't, great. Try something else. I keep that spirit of moving forward, always trying something uh, in the hope and the optimistic spirit of, of leaving people and places and situations better than you found them. That's what we're all about here. Uh, if you've enjoyed this summary episode, please do share it with a friend who doesn't listen to the, the show. Please do subscribe. Please do go and check out some of the um, interviews. So every Wednesday, 
I will share an interview session. That's the long form conversations. I've published 203 episodes, 203 incredible human beings so far, real inspiring stories, uh, parenting experts, leadership experts, heart centered leaders, um, some incredible, incredible people. I would encourage you to go to um, YouTube if you want to see the full playlist. You can scroll through and see the in- incredible people uh, that we've had on. And by all means, go and check out the back catalogue of the past 800 plus episodes. I hope it continues to serve you well. I'm going to continue to show up and sit in this chair and talk into this microphone, uh, knowing that I'm having an intimate conversation with you, one person at a time. I'm never going to take for granted your um, precious, precious time. I know the intimacy of these conversations. I know that you're probably either driving or walking or uh, walking the dog or, or something like that, because I know that this podcast platform is is not something we do in groups or with other people. Um, so I thank you. I truly am grateful for the time that we spend together. And I'd encourage you to make it a two-way conversation. Don't just leave it to me to pose some good ideas. Flow back come back to me, challenge my ideas, expand on my ideas. Let me know whether these ideas are permeating your heart and your soul and and showing up within the way that you lead. I think the greatest thing that I can give you is sometimes the permission, not that you need it, is to go full force heart-centered leadership. For me, I remember being at the place and feeling a bit different, feeling a bit like an alien, doing things, just clearly doing and leading from a different place. And it wasn't until I read a book called The Go-Giver Leader by Bob Berg and John David Mann that it spoke the words that my heart needed to experience, my heart needed to, um, or just my heart knew that it was possible um, and, and to and to see this book written on the very concept of being a giver and a, and a servant leader, it really gave me, I guess, the encouragement to double down on that. Not necessarily, even if I am crazy, I guess that's the whole point. I've come to not revel in this idea of being crazy, but accept it. Like, yeah, that I think the world's backwards and broken. Um, so everything I stand for and represent is going to be counter the world. And I think that's the point. A lot of what we are hearing here is we're, we're talking about a concept that is counter the world because the world is intellectually drunk. Many, many people are struggling, they are suffering, and they're not taking a step back and looking at the environment that big business and all these organizations and governments have created that are leading people with lack and fear, disconnection, commercialism, capitalism. They are not good for our souls and our spirits. I believe there's a different way of doing it, and it starts with heart. That's why I think you're here. That's why I'm here. And I'm going to enjoy journeying together with you throughout 2023. If you want to set up a conversation with me, head to the website abty.co.uk forward slash connect. I'll add the link in the show notes. I look forward to a two-way conversation. Please do DM me anytime at alwaysbetterthanyesterdayuk on Instagram uh, or email me uh, connect at abty.co.uk. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Thank you for being here. Share it with someone that you want to bring along with you and I'll be back again tomorrow. Always love my friends.